0: Man, we'll change the order of the service. I'll ask you all to stand this evening. Wouldn't take nothing for my journey now at 1066, Brother Mark. <clears throat> well, I started out traveling for the Lord many years ago.
1: When we got the Lord, we've got more than enough. Amen. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. We're just going to go right into the word if we can. So I will say that's all the singing will do. We're going to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 132. I noticed that these, this money is still up there. So we're going to do something. Whoever it belongs to, we're going to invest it for you. It'll be the best investment you ever made. It's going to go into the offering box. Is that all right? It'll be attributed to you, whoever owns it. So it's an investment. (laughs) Psalms chapter 132. We're going to just jump right into the thought. Let's just read from verse 1. We'll read a better portion of this, portion of this rather. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. How we swore unto the Lord and how he vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we have heard of it At Ephrataph, we have found it in the fields of the wood. We will go into his tabernacle. We will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. When the word comes in its position, it brings a worship. It brings something forth. And he says, For thy servant David's sake, turn not away from the face of thine anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, He will not turn from it, of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I will teach them, their children all shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. For the Lord hath chosen Zion, he hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priest with salvation. And her saints shall shout aloud with joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame. But upon him but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father. What a tremendous Word. Your eternal Word. Lord, written for us even in this last day. We're thankful for it, Lord. We're asking now your anointing on it, Lord. We thank you and we pray that you would take this service. You would be the unction. That you would be the inspiration. That you would be the Word that is coming forth, feeding your people. Lord, we know that's not within man, but it's within you. And Lord, we're thankful today to be here in the house of the Lord. Bless our gathering, we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. God bless, you may have your seats. Isaiah chapter 28, if you will, verse 9. We'll just try to move right along here. Isaiah 28, verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, and with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he has said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing... Yet they would not hear, but the word of the Lord was upon them. Unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Now God was desiring to bring them into a place of rest and He was also desiring to have rest. I think God's biggest struggles sometimes with us is to bring us to our right place because if we go to our right place, there His Holy Spirit can flow, there His anointing can come. In one place, Brother Manum would say, he said, how much trouble we would save God if we could only find our place and abide therein. And then, and you know, that's half the trouble. And when we get there, that's when everything flows. That's when everything clicks. So if I can just back up a couple of steps to this morning. We took the thought this morning how the God of heaven came down to earth and there was Eden, there was his headquarters, there was the mind of God, there was the spirit of God moving through his son and his wife. When he created creation in Genesis chapter 1, you can turn there right now if you will, all those days he worked, he says the first day he created this, and the Bible says, and it was good. The second day he created this, And again, God saw that it was good. And it would go right down to the sixth day. Now remember, these are the days when God was working. When He was establishing the order, when He was establishing the very framework for how the universe would run, for how mankind would exist and everything. So He comes down to the the sixth day and God makes man in His image and He blesses them And he gives them instruction. And you go down to verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made. And now it wasn't just good. The Bible says, and behold, it was very good. Why? Because man was in his place. The God of the earth was in his place. And that was the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now the seventh day, if we just jump to Genesis chapter 2 verse 1. Thus the, seven, the heavens and the earth were finished, the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. He rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the day, the seventh day, and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God created and made. So in other words, the word had gone forward. Not everything had manifest yet, but under this day of rest, once the Word had gone, and under God's rest, there would be a manifestation. Now God wasn't doing it anymore, but God believed His Word, and it came to pass. So if, you, if we take this, this was a place of rest. Now we can't imagine God wanting to rest, but God desired even the satisfaction he had of creating something, he would look back on it and say it was good. And, and he would, and that's the same we are. We, we work at something, we labor. The satisfaction of our labor is to see the work that has been accomplished. There's a satisfaction, there's a rest that goes with it. it it's It's wonderful. To see, you know, for for a brother, you work at it, something and you, you do it, you got it. I did it. I did it. And, and you know, we used to live in a day where there was, was more tangible things. Sometimes you work on a computer, you're working there all day and you shut it off and say, what did I do? Because it's all inside that box somewhere. We don't know where it is. But even 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 a sister working at home and, and she can, you know, cook... A supper, and it can be laid out, and it can be decked out, and everything. And she calls everybody to the table, and 20 minutes later, it's all devoured. I, I suppose there's a satisfaction in that. I don't know what it is. It's for everybody who is partaking, but but there's something about it. You know, I, my grandma used to be one who would, you know, there was a satisfaction in eat, 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 and you ate, just you haven't eaten anything, and and you're just. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's something we, we, we want to see everyone full and that we've done what we can to feed them. Where does that come from? That comes from God. He desires to fill you. The Holy Ghost isn't something we grovel for, He desires to give it to us. He wants to bless us, He wants to pour out His Spirit on us. It isn't, God wants to give it more than we want it sometimes. That's God's pleasure. To do that. So, when we, when we look at this, this seventh day or this day of rest, it was a place where the Lord would have liberty. If I can say, the God of heaven would have a free flow from heaven to earth. And now, where man would be able to take the thoughts of God in his mind and, and they would just flow through him uninhibited. And you can go through that in the Bible and you can see that associated with rest is dominion. Associated with rest is the rulership of God. Is the security of the heavenly father. Is the word in its place. Is the believer in his place. Joshua 1 verse 13. You don't have to turn to it. This is the land, he says to Joshua. Where the Lord will give you rest from your enemies. In Ruth chapter 3 verse 18. Naomi's telling her daughter-in-law. She says... You know you don't know how the matter will fall but the man will not rest until it's finished. He's there was a place for her now where she didn't have to work anymore. There there was going to be something that was going to bring it to fruition. She had done her part. And then if you'd go to 2 Chronicles 14, here's where the king Asa, he's a king in battle, and he's calling on the Lord. He says, it's nothing to you, Lord, to help us. It's nothing on you, whether we be many or, 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 or we have no power. What is it to you? You can do anything, Lord. And he says, we rest in thee. That was his comment. I'll say this, friends, in, in, in the day we have, and, and, and it's just a simple comment Brother Branham makes, but he says, Under the seventh seal is resting time. There's a rest associated with being under the anointing of God, under the Word of God in its truth, in its power, and its anointing. You can rest in it. You don't have to manufacture anything. You don't have to work anything up. You say, Lord, I can't do anything, but you can do it. It's your pleasure to do it, Lord. So in, in Psalms 132, he says, This is my rest forever, Zion. And, and he said, This is the place I dwell. This is the place I desire. Now Zion would represent a place in, in, geographically in the land of Israel, but spiritually it represents the bride. Zion represents the bride. Whenever you look at it, there's a place of rest that God has. There's a covenant he has with, with, with his bride, you know a, a woman who is maybe going with a young man or, or courting and i guess i can say this freely you know that and, and and today but he says they're they're going with someone there's an uncertainty you know will it happen will it will it be but but the day that that ring comes out and 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 she starts raising you know one hand above the other and it glistens ah oh there's a rest. <laughs> it's it, you know we're not married yet, but there's a rest. It's a promise. I I know he loves me. I he's he's promised it. There's a rest associated with that. So Isaiah they also said this is the rest. This is the refreshing which was in Hebrews chapter 4 it said it's the place of rest we enter to. Now let's let's go to numbers chapter 10. We read this this morning but we really didn't jump into it the way we should have. Um, you all were pulling and distracting me. I'm going to just try and use that, but but get to the point, too. Numbers chapter 20. This is when Moses is speaking to a son-in-law, and he's telling him that he's going to go and journey, and he's got to go in and camp, and they're going to separate. And then Moses is telling him, no, but if you stay with me, there'll, there'll be something that God will do for us. So when we read this and pick this up and... Uh, he says, "God will do things." Verse thirty-three, and they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant went before them. So, it went before them. The ark represented what the word. Now, let me just just quickly give you a, a quick. And I debated putting pictures up, but I didn't want didn't want to do it. But if you if you go back, the. The ark, not Noah's ark, not the wooden, that, but the ark that was there, that was a box. And the box, we used to have a box back there, and we had a couple young men represented. And it had some holes on the side where, where two poles could go through on each side. And 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 those poles were what the Ye- Levites used to carry the ark with. But in the ark, you know, there, there was... The Ten Commandments. There was the Word of God. It was in there. Now we know also there was the golden pot of manna. There there was Aaron's rod that budded. But it represented and it held the Word of God. And the top of the box was a lid. And the lid represented the mercy seat. And that lid, as long as there was blood on that mercy seat, the Word was there. Now in the Old Testament, it always had to be blood on that mercy seat. Then there could be fellowship. Then there could be communion. Because God's word was sacred. He didn't just give it to anybody. But only through the blood did you have access to the word of God. And I would say the real revelation, the real faith. Not an intellectual faith. But but a fellowship. uh, uh, Something tangible. So as we read this, here he goes. The ark went before them. Three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day, and they went out of the camp, and it came to pass when the ark was set forward, when the word was given the preeminence, when it was in its place that Moses said, Rise, O Lord, rise up, and let thine enemies be scattered. Not our enemies, thine enemies. Anything against the Word of God is, is, is His enemy. When you have the Word in front of you, you don't have to worry. You can rest. You can, you can just say, God is in front of us. God's dealing with it. When you can come in prayer and say, I'm in the line of duty. I'm doing, I've stumbled, I've fallen. I made a mistake, but there's blood. And I didn't mean to do it. You can rest assured, your prayer is heard. But if you hold iniquity in your heart, if you hold willful wrongdoing, if you're operating outside of the confines of the Word, there's no rest. God's going to, if you're a child of God, He'll bring you into it. But I say, I want to be safe. I want to be fortified. I want to be behind that Word of God. And it said, let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested... What's it? The ark. When the ark rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. So when the ark had rest, then the people had rest. The ark going before, now, if I, if I can say it this way, this was not only a rest to the children of Israel, but it was a rest to God. As Brother Andrew closed this morning and he said, This was a place God could hang his hat. This was a place where he could, he when the word was in his place, when the order of God was there, then there was rest. Now, now the both both tied together. So I'm going to ask you to turn back, if you will, Numbers chapter two. I'm I'm going to just try to move quickly with the scriptures, and I, I just want to drop it in, and and uh, and if the Lord stops me on something, I'll stop on it. But I, I just wanted to lay it out, not not not. be be lengthy, but just to to go that way. Numbers chapter 2, and this is now God speaking to the children of Israel on the arrangement of the camp. So he'll he'll say this in verse 1, and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. Now, I I probably should have had diagrams to really make this real. But just, just stay with me. If you can take a picture and say, you know, in the middle of the camp, there was the Ark of the Congregation, which was an outer court. And then there was an inner court. And there was a Holy of Holies. And the entrance was, let's say, to the east, And and there was one entrance towards the rising of the sun. And then that was in the center of the camp. And in the holiest of holies, that's where the ark was. Now Israel couldn't see the ark. But they had a priest or a Levite that would go in there. And a high priest, once a year, would go into that place. And by faith, they knew the word was in there. They couldn't explain it. They couldn't take scientific proof. But their (laughs) rest was by faith knowing that God dwelt in there. So this was the order. And then around this, now now Moses begins to describe uh, what's around it. And he says in verse 3, And on the east side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah... Pitched throughout their armies, so when we call it the standard, it, it it was something that was a representative. It was it was it was something like a, a a flag or an ensign that they would hold up high. It would it would be their identification. There's a flag flying high. There's a badge that we have. It's the message. It's what demons tremble. It's not of us. It's what God has placed us to be. And he said the standard of the camp of Judah. So Judah was on the east. And he says, they'll pitch there. And so the Bible actually goes and describes that a certain man, this Nahashon was the son of this Amnibadab, which would be the captain of the children of, of, of Judah. So there, there was a very specific numbering under this. And then his host that were numbered of them were three score and 14,600. So it, it didn't just number the captain, but it also numbered all of the number that were under him. And then it would go a step further because, you know, a, a rectangle has four sides. Don't mean to make something obvious, but it has four sides. So so just just in case. Okay, good. We're all together. Okay. And, and so, on, on one side, so if there's 12 tribes, this, uh, this is going to be a trick question again here. 12 tribes, four sides, how many tribes on each side? There we go. <laughs> the answer, three. I, you know what, they told me the answer this morning, Mr. Impatient was the other one. I didn't hear that. Did you say that? I, I, I said Mr. Skeptic, Mr. I forgot the other one. <laughs> okay, I got to stop this, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're all with me. So so there was was three tribes. So the Bible now says, Under Judah, which was the main anointing, the main tribe under this, there was also two other tribes. And it goes down to it says in verse 5, and those that do pitch next to him shall be of the tribe of Issachar. And Nathanael, the son of Zuar, shall be the captain of the children, and his host, and those that were numbered, were fifty and four thousand and four hundred. And then and then I guess that there's another tribe there. And the tribe of Zebulon and Eliab, the son of Elion, shall be captain of the children of Zebulon, and his host. And those that were numbered there were fifty and seven thousand and four hundred. And all that were numbered in the camp of Judah, all these tribes together, were a hundred thousand and fourscore thousand and six thousand and four hundred throughout all their enemies. These shall first set forth. So At the east was where the entrance to the tabernacle was. Judah was to be the guard over that tabernacle. Now it wasn't just that the tabernacle was in the middle and it was going to be all there. But God actually places his people under an anointing, under a specific place, to be a part of the rest. If I can say it this way. Now I could read the rest of this chapter, but if you would look at it, This was, on the east, was Judah and Issachar and Zebulun. And if you go around from the east, and I know this way is east, but let's just say that was the entrance to the tabernacle. And then if you'd go around to the south, there would be another three tribes. And those three tribes would be under the tribe of Reuben. And under the tribe of Reuben, there was also Simeon, And there was also Gad. And if you would go around to the west, there would be the tribe of Ephraim, which was also Manasseh and Benjamin. And then if you'd go around to the north, and on the north was Dan and Asher and Naphtali. Now these were all structured and arranged. And, you know, God doesn't do these things just for, you know, a nice little reason. But but there was an order to this. Friends, I, I trust you can appreciate the message that we have. Because these types should give us confidence about where we are. So when the Bible names all of these, and this is the first time they're named, it starts from the east. And and so on the east was where Judah was. Well, what was the anointing under the east? The lion of the tribe of Judah. So under the lion of the tribe of Judah, and then as you'd go around to, to the south side, there was Reuben, under that was the ox anointing. And then if you'd go around to the west side, there was, was Ephraim. That was the man anointing. And if you'd go to the north, there was Dan. That was the eagle anointing. Yeah. Now, I always marvel in the Scripture how the enemy desired the congregation on the sides of the north, which was the eagle anointing. Yeah. Now, I, I, I love how this is. This was an order that was associated with. Now, in the middle of this, as he's going, as, as, as the Bible is written by Moses Under lion, under man. He stops in the middle of it in verse 17. And he says this. Then the tabernacle of the congregation shall set forward with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camp. As they encamp, so shall they set forward. Every man in his place by their standard. So the Levites actually didn't have a place or a position or an inheritance if you want to call it. They they were given a place, and they were given a place that, that was interactive in this whole thing. Now let's just drop down also, if you will, because then after it goes through the west and the north, it comes back down to verse 33. But the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses. And the children of Israel... Did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so they pitched their standards and they set forward every man after their families according to the house of their fathers. Now, it actually goes further, and, and that's another message. I'm not going in there today, but I want you just to think about it physically, geographically. Here was the tabernacle, there was the entrance on the east, there was the badger skins, the tent. There was the holy place. Inside the holy place was the ark. And God was going to protect that word. And he was protecting it with his people. His people, as long as they could look back into that ark, they had rest knowing God's not going to allow anything to come there. And they could fight knowing that God was with them. And likewise... God would anoint his people. He, he would rest knowing as long as everybody's in their place. How many members of the adoption where Brother Adam would say, if Ephraim ties to take Manasseh's place, it all gets out of order. We need to stay in our place. So as long as it would be... Now, there's an order and there's a rest to this. Now, let's we'll just jump forward. Ezekiel chapter 48. Now, Ezekiel is actually seeing a vision forward in time, and he's seeing now the order, not, not just in an earthly realm, but he, he's, he's, he's typing into that, but he's also seeing it as, as the sanctuary, the heavenly, and in the heavenly, he's seeing again the same thing. But now Ezekiel is approaching it from a different way because this is the millennial part. So in Ezekiel chapter 48, if I just take verse 1 quickly, these are the names of the tribes from the north end to the coast on the way to all these different places. Now, Ezekiel doesn't start with, with Judah. He starts with Dan, with the eagle part. And he actually, if you follow this through, he works his way back around clockwise. It's, a, it's, it's now on a different realm. There, was, there, was, there had to be, by necessity, uh, The lion of the tribe of Judah. There had to come anointings. There had to come all the way around to get to this place. But on the heavenly realm, now it's open. You don't have to go back through that old order anymore. Now let's just just drop down to verse 8, if you will. And by the border of Judah, from the east side unto the west shall be an offering, which you shall offer. Actually, I, I didn't want to pick that one. You, you, can, you can read this, I, I don't have time to get over all of this, but if you, if you look at and go through all of this, you see how the priests and the Levites have their part in verses 10 down to 20, and then you go down to verse 21 and he again begins to describe every nation and he begins to describe how the waters and, and how it all ties to their, their land and their portion and he actually is describing their inheritance, what they have. But if I can just go all the way down, I want to stay focused on where I'm going. Verse 35, and it was round, because everything was measured. You know, the city and its gates. He's talking now the city uh, on the north and all this, and it was measured. And it was round about 18,000 measures, and the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there. Now you talk about, why, why are all these things in the Bible? Because God... What he did back here, listen, this word will never fail. This word will come forth and it will usher forth into the heavenly realm and it will be exactly what God described here by the prophet. But he's, he's doing it, and I'm saying this for a reason. Uh, there, there, God does this in types and in shadows. So he he brings all of this. Now I, I'll just read this as Brother Branham would, would talk about it in... In the, uh, in the message, he would talk about the tribes and their order and, and, and where they were placed and, and what it did. And this is in, um, in, the, uh, in the message here, at Revelations chapter 5 in 1961. But he describes it this way. I would like to spiritualize for you with or draw it here by my hands. So he was doing the same thing I'm just doing right now. He didn't have PowerPoint in that day. He says, the ark was in the center... On the four sides were the tents were three tribes of Israel and three fours is 12. So I wasn't being condescending when I did that before. He said, and each three had a head. Now, one of them was Reuben. Actually, and he says, and Ephraim. And on the east was Judah. And the north was Dan. And he now identifies each of these with an anointing. Lion, man, ox, uh, eagle. And we had them draw it out. And he says, now Judah... Guards the eastern gate, and Christ is the lion by the tribe of Judah. He shall descend from the eastern skies, enter in by the way of the gate. He comes in from the eastern gate from the tribe of Judah. And we find out from the message they had this morning, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, the very beginning of David. David was the king eternally. Christ sits on the throne of David in the millennium, which is the eternal king. There'll not one fail. Now, he, he, he would bring this so, so wonderfully, but he also comes back and says this. There in the middle of that, there was the sanctuary. And it was a judgment seat as long as the blood was off the seat. But there was a time of cleansing. And he says, now in time we are approaching a cleansing of the sanctuary and the judgments coming on the earth. As long as blood is there, God cannot destroy the earth. Long as blood is there, nobody's a sinner before God. There's an atonement. But you fail to the accept the atonement and go into his presence. You're a sinner without mercy. If that blood goes off the mercy seat and the wrath of God falls on the earth, oh, may God be merciful to us that we may not be found without the mercies of God. So all of this, and I, I, I apologize if I'm going too quickly. But I, I just wanted to bring this, and I, some of this I should have maybe got into a little further this morning. Now he would, he would go further, and, and he would begin to talk a little bit about, and again, my, my whole thought is, think about the word, the ark, coming into its rest. And when it was in its rest, the people were in rest. So whenever there's a word, the word is in its proper place, there's a power and there's an anointing that goes out from that. Now, let's move that down to the book of Acts because they would talk of the place of God's rest. This is the rest, not a work of man, not Acts chapter 1, man anointing their own, uh, their own uh, lineage and, and apostle. But Acts chapter 2, the place of God's rest the refreshing, the Holy Ghost coming down and anointing upon them. So this was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, that which was held back by cherubims from the Garden of Eden. Once the sacrifice, not just the type of blood of bulls and goats, but the real sacrifice, it released the Holy Spirit. This was the new covenant. This was the rest. Now again... The book of Acts was the pouring out of that. But Brother Branham, now he goes and he says, if that was the word, where are the guards? And he goes right back and he says, there they are, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the the New Testament guards to the mercy seat, to the word of God. Now he would say this in, in in the fifth seal. And he will say, now... Each of these powers, lion, ox, man, eagle, he says, were four powers gathered around the acts of the apostles just the way it was the tabernacle in the wilderness. There they were, he says. Now, he says, he he himself didn't go into it, but you heard how there was tribal colors and and, and how the nature of each beast was a tribal emblem and how all of that, and he says... Now we got it here where the Gospels and exactly how you enter in, there was a guarding of the ark, the covenant. We find the covenant of the new church, its representation on earth was the Holy Spirit. Now, there there is a guard. So when Peter stands out in, in, in Acts 2 verse 38... Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody goes, what does that mean? The Lord Jesus Christ. Well, where was the guard? It was at the entrance. That was the entrance going in. It was back in Matthew 28, verse 19. He says, and he, and where Jesus says that you, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. The name, singular. What was the name? Not a title. But that was a guard. It was a protection. And, and the Bible was protecting, God was protecting it, the mercy seat. I trust you can appreciate these things. I know you've heard them. And, and, and I trust you can just, prote- just just say, thank you, Lord, that I can see what I see. Thank you for the message of the hour. This is a lot of places they don't see this. But I'll say, thank God we've given us eyes to see. So that Holy Ghost was released and he says, notice there, Matthew 28, 19, which represented the lion. We find out that exactly why they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was standing there with the very scripture to guard the sacred trust of the baptism of the name of Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. Now, I, I'm jumping big, big leaps and I'm just going forward. Now, This also, not only was it first represented in type in the old, now in type at the beginning of the new, but now it would usher forth through seven church ages. Seven ages, but each of them guarding the word of God for their age by an anointing. Four anointings. And it was lion, ox, man, eagle, four powers. That were anointing. So the first age, what was it? The lion with boldness to go out like a lion. And they went out under that anointing knowing all the time the word, the mercy seat was there and they were empowered to go out with it. Then it would, 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 would go out with the ox and, and it began to transition and, and all the persecution. And they stood there and they took it knowing they're going to have a better resurrection Amen. they spilt their blood they gave their lives i will not recant i will not do this i'll gladly stand for the lord cuz i know there's an inheritance for me under their anointing and through all those dark ages and my i you know i trust we can appreciate we get in such a hurry but god's the ter- the, the wheels of god's kingdom move so slowly and as it came to a time where God was moving from that ox into that man anointing, here a man named Huss stood up and began protesting the Catholic Church a hundred years before Luther ever came. Just a little sprig. Now that was not the fullness, but it was showing where God was going. I, I don't know if you've ever watched those, some of those videos, and I thought they so depict the what was in those men to protest the, that mother church that had grown up and, 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 and was just over, was dominating the world. But something came out in them. You know, and then here comes the time of Luther who now under an anointing, you know, he can't stand what that system is. And as he reads the Bible and he sees the huge discrepancy of of this, and, and he himself is going through personal struggles, and, and he's trying to please God through through the old law and through his works and through all that he's been taught as a monk, and and then God drops the scripture down, the word comes down to him in Romans chapter 5: The just shall live by faith. I don't need relics and indulgences, and I don't need all these other things and 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 and, and, and councils and popes and all these, and he just says, By faith. And 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 if we can recognize I I, I tell you what I, I just looked at Luther again as far as the movie that was out, and I just started weeping again. I said, Oh God, that was that was you in that man. That was me in that man. I identify with that man. Amen. And Luther would come out and 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 just begin to usher forth against all of these things. And then you know it would carry on. We know that there was the age of the reformers and it would go right up to even through and into Pentecost. And it would come down to the last day to where now there was another anointing. And again, their faith was based on the word that was there and what they were, they were standing. And as long as that word was there, they could have faith to go out. Now, I'll just use this as an example because this is, I, 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 I just trust you can appreciate the message. Friends, I, I want to just say, Under this message, you have protection. I have protection. As long as I stay behind this message, I'm protected. But if I try to go out on my own, I'll tell you, woe unto me. And I say, in this age, you don't want to go out on your own. You want to stay under the blood. You want to stay under the anointing. I'll tell you what. There's lots of things to draw our attention outside. The enemy, by his questions, is trying. But I'll say this. I'm staying right here, by the grace of God. So Brother Branham comes along, and now in 1961, and, and he has to come before, and, and, and if you can appreciate Brother Branham, he didn't actually have anybody who was a mentor to him. He didn't have anybody. There was brothers. He, he looked up to Brother Bosworth. He looked up to, to others. But really, he forged his own way, and I would say not his own way, but how the Lord worked through him. And and he had to stand, you know, even from the visions that he had and understanding they were not demonic, but they were of God and how it brought him and they never failed, and how it brought him to the Bible. And, and you know, he was growing into his anointing and his place and his confidence. And the angel of the Lord, friends, the angel of the Lord that was there on the platform, that angel did not disappear. That angel is still here today. That angel will go before us. That angel will bring us into our rest. That angel is still with us today. The revealing of the Son of Man. He's still here. Now he, Brother Bannon would would go and now he comes to this great crucial point. And he goes before a ministerial association in Chicago. and 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 as he's going there, he's going to speak to them about the baptism and about the oneness and versus the Trinitarian. And and the Holy Spirit warns him and begins to speak. There's a group of ministers and they're fixing a breakfast for you and they were going to have them for lunch, just so you know. Now it doesn't say that. I just put that in. He says they're fixing a breakfast for you. Be careful. They're going to attack you on this. And he said, I thank you, Lord. And he showed me where it would be set. And I went and told the ministers, Brother Carlson, Brother Tommy Hicks, the place that you ordered, it won't be like that. It's going to be another place. And he told them how they'd be sitting, how a colored man would come in, and how such and such would be there. And I'll tell you what, they came to the meeting and said, You may all disagree with Brother Branham, but everything he told us was here. And they could all just say, This is bigger. And then his son said, now here's Brother Branham, how could he go there except God did this for him? And his son says, Daddy, are you going to go over there and, with them and fuss? He says, I ain't going over there to fuss. Now listen to these words. I'm going over, anointed with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God that will guard that mercy seat as long as he is there. How could he have confidence? Because he was under an anointing and as long as that mercy seat was there, what is my confidence as a minister? There's a mercy seat. There's an eagle anointing. I can stay right under it. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be scared. God is with us. I, I love how he says, I'm going over there he said, I'm not going over there because I got a gift. I'm going over there because there's an anointing. The mercy seat is there. And they went down there and he told them we didn't get that room and everything. He would go on to, to this is in 1961. Then he goes over in, in, in the fifth seal in the 1963 and he refers back to it and he says, there I was there at that meeting in Chicago. They were, got me on the doctrine of serpent seed and all these other things, and he told them all fearlessly. Now, you take your Bible, and you, 300 ministers, and you challenge me. Yeah. He says, Not one of them did. Yeah. And if you actually listen to this tape, the Godhead, I think it's the Godhead revealed or something, you, you think, Oh, he, was, he must have been on fire. You know what he was doing? He was just speaking yeah. calm, right. casually under an anointing. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, I, I, I know we as ministers speak loudly and we're passionate, and but I'll just say this. Our rest is not how loud we speak. Our rest is not how much of a gift we have. Our rest is that there is an anointing and there's a mercy seat behind us. That, that's our rest. That, that, I'm saying it so you can be your rest. I'm going to stay right under the blood. The blood will never lose its power. And he says, They had me penned off, and Tommy Hicks said, I never heard that before. I want 300 of those tapes. I want to send them to all my ministers, about 50 or 75, who said, I'm coming down there to be rebaptized. And now he says this two years later Did they come? Not a one of them. Why? He gave them space to repent. Now he'll cast their children to death, spiritual death. You watch the plagues that pass over, and now and he would actually say, "You watch ungodly things come into the church now. You watch watch those things come." Uh, friends, we're seeing it, and I, I, I'll even say it this way: even around the message, you can you can have a gift in a ministry, and and you can think you can get self empowered by it, but if you step out from behind there. You're finished. You're nothing. There's there's no keeping power. People that, that used to walk and had holiness in in the under this whole movement about challenging the prophet and questioning and and let's call it the disbelief sign. The sign. I says, just just take it. You watch just a few months. They're here. Watch it show up in the sisters. Watch where they are. Some of them complete atheist now. Why? You're in a free fall. There's nothing holding you. What's holding us? What's keeping us? We're under an anointing. Now, how are we doing? Okay. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. This is part of the scripture we read this morning. Just pick it up. This is where Solomon is actually praying at the dedication of the temporal, temple, how he's, God chose Jerusalem and David would be over his people, but now he was gonna build a house, Solomon would, and, and, and do what was in his heart. And, but he goes to say now, if my people ever get away from the word, if they ever get out of this place, and, and I, I won't read all of this, but you can read it, if you wish, from verse 32 down to 37, he, he says, you know, concerning the stranger, and if, if they ever get away and they hear from heaven and they'll do according to what I said. If they go out to war and they'll pray towards this city and, and the house which I've built and then I'll hear from heaven and, and if any man sin against me, if they'll repent and say, we've done wickedly, we've done amiss. God, God made a perpetuation. Yeah. So it was always though conditional on them coming back to their place around the word. And when the word departed, that's when Israel went into idolatry and went into sin. Now, let's just, let's just pick this up from, from verse 38. If they return to thee with all their heart, with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whither they have carried them captives and prayed towards the land which thou gavest their fathers and toward the city which thou hast chosen and towards the house which I have built for my name, then, Solomon praying, hear from heaven even from the dwelling place, their prayer, their supplications. Maintain their cause and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. There is, there's blood. There, there's atoning power. Yeah. Now, my God, let, I beseech thee, thine eyes be open and let thine ears be attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place. Now, therefore, he says, arise, O Lord, O God, and says, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Lord, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. When the Word is in its place, there's a rejoicing. There's a song. You know, when Israel was in Babylon, and I think it's Psalms 137, and and they were in Babylon, and they were sitting by the river, and they were saying there, how shall we sing the Lord's song? In a strange land. And when we're captive, How could they truly rejoice? But when the word came into place. It was a different type of rejoicing. It says let thy saints rejoice in thy goodness. So here's kind of the last train of thought. As we wind down here tonight. But 2 Samuel chapter 6. This is a time when Israel. No longer had the ark in the camp. And it was. In the land of the Philistines. And David, by a good desire, wanted to bring the ark back into its place. Now I'm not going to focus on this part of the message. Brother Branham would take a lot of time in trying to do God in his service talking about what David did and how David was anointed, how David had a good desire, how David uh, wanted to bring it there but he did a couple of things wrong. One, he never consulted with the prophet. Two, he never brought the ark on its original uh, course of travel, the shoulders of the Levites. He brought it on a new ox cart. It was a new. Good for that. It wasn't used. It was a new ox cart. But it was a strange thing. So, you know, we could we could read this in... in Chapter 6, 2 Samuel chapter 6, how David gathered and they brought this ark, and, and I'm, I'm, and, and I'm going to drop down just, just to save time. Verse 4. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and, and Ahio, not Ohio, Ahio, okay, which went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel Played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzziah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took a hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and he smote him there for his error and there he died by the ark of God and David was displeased because the Lord made a breach and David was afraid of the Lord. How shall I bring the, Lord of the ark of the Lord? And he leaves it at the threshing floor or, or at the house of Obdam the Gideon, three months and there was a blessing. Now, I, I'm, I'm not focusing on this part but there was a desire to bring the word into its place. I'll say, when, when, when we get out of the program of God, friends, they, you know we're out of sorts. I, I've always marveled at, at an eagle, how an eagle in its eyes has fluids. And an eagle and the eyes are really the so indicative of the prophetic element and the anointing of that eagle anointing. But in its eyes, there's these fluids, and these fluids... Are, are 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 tied to the magnetic fields, and and an eagle in in the place of its birth, if it stays in its place in its birth, there's a rest. But if it goes outside of that place, and I know there's there's different types of eagles that travel, but I know if it goes outside of that zone, it actually causes pain in its eyes, and and because of the magnetic fields, because it's out of its place, and I, I've thought of how. When we get out of the program of God and how, we, you know, we, we find ourselves maybe, you know, not quite in the will of God and, and we found ourselves floundering. And Brother Ban, I, I love how he always makes a propitiation. He says, if you want to get back in the program of God, he says, the best way I know is prayer. And, and you can pray to God and say, Lord, I, 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 I've often gone to the Psalms and David, he says, Oh Lord, rebuke me not in thy displeasure. And I thought, that's me, Lord, sometimes. I've I've gotten where I feel like I'm not the right way. But, Lord, bring me into that place. There's always a desire. I want to get back. I want to come to this place. And David had this desire. He wanted to get to that place. He wanted to come to this place. Now, he went about it the wrong way. And, And now, let's just take this part, verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obadam, and all that pertained unto him because of the ark of God. And David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obadom unto the city of David with gladness. And now look at the difference here. Verse 14. And it was so when they that bear the ark. Who? The Levites. When it was done the right way. When it was done in order. Now, Now David had a rejoicing when the ark was going there. But I'll say how much of that was truly of God. Now, when, I'll tell you, when the Word is in its place, when there's a liberty, you don't have to try and manufacture. There, there's something, oh, safe in the arms of God. And it was so when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And he says in verse 14, And David danced before the Lord with all his might. What was he dancing about? The ark. The word was coming into its place. That's why he was shouting. Okay. Here's the service and it was revealed to David that the ark's coming in his place. Oh my, that's nice. Wow. (laughs) That wasn't what he did. And you want me to demonstrate what he did, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll just tell you, it was better than the eight Lords of leapin. <laughs> and I'm not going to demonstrate that either. <laughs> I'll tell you what. There was something that welled up inside of him. Hey, this is better than a hockey game. This is better. The Word is coming into its place. The Word is in its place. And it brought a rejoicing. Friends, we are feeding on that which Paul had. We have it again. We ought to rejoice about it. We ought to say, thank you, Lord. Make it real to us. Give us a liberty. Give us a worship. The word is coming into place. This didn't come as a result of the music going loud. What was first? The word. And not just the word in its place, but David Now, properly observing the word from his place. And when those two connect, friends, there was a rest for David, there was a rest for God, and there was an outpouring of worship. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And we have trouble. You think I don't notice you. You guys pick on me because I, I don't miss the key and I, I, I do this. But I'll tell you what, I, I want to be free. And, and when I and when I say, raise your hands and worship. you remember this morning when I said, I saw some of you. <laughs> but I'll say this, I'm telling you, the word is back. The message, what God's desire in the heart of a bride. Not an intellectual denominational move. But God sovereignly bringing the word to you. To your destination. To your household. To your life. As a young person. As a teenager. As a young child. As a parent. As a mother. As every one of us. That ought to bring a rejoicing. What When, when Brother Branham speaks in the Feast of the Trumpets. said the Holy Ghost was bound... Bound through six church ages through six church ages. Why? Because of the creeds of man and the dogmas of man, but according to the word, it's to be loosed in this last day, it's to be reached in the people. Why? Because the word is not bound anymore. The word is returning in its fullness. The word is what we have now. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. And David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with soft music and with the sound of the organ. Oh, sorry. There's a place for that too. But I'll tell you what. When this was coming into its place, something welled inside. I've got the very thing. Not only what Paul had, but what Adam had at the very beginning. The title deed is coming back into the hands of man. The title deed that God has given us. That he can come to our hearts. And he's going to allow this to grow. And he's going to mold our character to such a place where our thoughts are right, our love is right. And we'll be able to speak the word just like Adam did. Why? Because the word is returned. Oh. When Brother Banner hits this point in the seals, he says, Whoa, oh, how can you stop it? And he says, brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of a trumpet. You know, they didn't push a piano into battle. They brought the trumpet with them. Did you notice when I tried to be a musician, at least I went over to the trumpet section. Nothing against the pianist. God bless you, I'm sorry. Nothing against everybody else here. Now I'm gonna have to make amends for that. Might take me many months of services, but we're gonna do it. (laughs) We're shouting with the voice of the trumpet. Hold your finger there. Go back with me quickly to 1 Chronicles chapter 6. This also picks up on a part of this whole thing because this is now talking about the sons of Levi. This is the priest son to God. This is those who didn't actually have a place around, but they actually were intermingling in this whole thing. The sons of Levi, and and here it goes through all of this and goes through all the families down and down to verse 31. And these are they of whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord after the ark had rest. Oh, you mean there was a change in the music program? Yeah, there was. After the ark had rest. Friends, we sing songs like no other group of people does. Just beyond the veil. Since I saw my name in the book of redemption. Oh, we sing songs that, what they're speaking of where we come from. Of what we're worshiping under. Of what we're, where we're under. It it just ought to bring a release. It's a rest. Brother Ram said there's one thing he hated. was an overtrained voice. Probably hated an undertrained voice too. But he says, somebody here that would sit here and turn all blue as they're singing. Why? There, there's no rest in that. You know, and you know, when somebody, uh, uh, pardon me if, if this hits anybody, somebody comes up to sing. <coughs> okay, I gotta stop there. I'm not gonna go any further. <laughs> You're all worried. <laughs> Friends, that's not rest. But when you can bust into worship. Oh, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! That's the thing. <laughs> and it's not manufactured, it's real. It's it's bubbling inside of me. Oh, praise God! The word is returned. maybe that'll be my new found role of worship (laughs) can't sing some isle dance so (laughs) who said amen (laughs) and these are they whom David said over the service song of the house of the Lord after the ark had rest. And they ministered. They ministered. Listen to this. Before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation with singing. Oh. You can't let loose. Listen, friends. If, if, if when you get inspired and you feel like you need to read... A technical document? Fine. So be it up to you. If you feel like you need to start going into poetry, good for you. But I'll tell you, the easiest thing to do is sing. Or pretend you can sing. The easiest thing to do is just, oh, like worship is such a heartfelt expression. It comes out. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us praise the King of Kings. And he says, why? Because the word was in his place. And we're in our place. Quickly as we go back uh, to Samuel. And now here, we finished off at verse 15. And he says, David's dancing and he's doing this. Now the Bible comes and it brings this part of it too. Lest you think. I I was just going a little too un-German for you. Verse 16. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And just sitting back there, that's kinda out of church order. And the Bible says she didn't even say anything. She despised him in her hearts. Do we always rejoice perfectly? No, but if somebody's wanting to express themselves before God, we ought to give place for that. And, and she despised him in her heart, and they brought the tabernacle in verses 17, and David had offerings, verses 18, and he dealt with the people, and the people all went to the hoses. Now, now David comes home. Verse 20. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to him. Now, I would imagine there was a little touch of sarcasm in these words. How glorious was the king of Israel today. Because the Bible says in verse 14 that he was girded with a linen ephod. You know, it's just draped over. Well, I'm sure as he was dancing, maybe it showed too much of David. And maybe she goes, oh man. She says, that's my husband out there. And she goes. He says, and he says, how glorious was the king who uncovered himself today in the eyes of his handmaids and of his servants as one of the vain fellows that shamelessly uncovered himself. Such a, and and David says, oh, did I do that? Let me go back and look at the clip. I didn't see that. David said, hold on a second. You're missing something here. You're missing something. The ark is home. The word is in place. And you're worried about this? You're missing something. And so, and the Bible says, And so David humbled himself, did penance, and sat quietly in his house. No, here's, here's David's response. David says, It was before the Lord who chose me before my father, before all his house to appoint me ruler. Over Israel, therefore will I play before the Lord. If this is the Lord's delight, it's my delight. And he says, And yet I will be more vile than this. He says, And I will be more base in my own sight. And of the maid which I was spoken, of them will I be in an honor. And and you know he says, You've seen something, watch me now. The best is yet to come. Entering into heaven, roll call, so-and-so, come up. You may go in. Thank you. I'll tell you what. The first five minutes in heaven, (laughs) there'll be some shouting. There'll be some dancing. There'll be some leaping. There'll be something. Why? I made it. (laughs) And how do you know you're going to make it? Because the word's in its place already. The word has taken root. The Word is in my heart. It's not just over in some headquarters. But the Word has come to me. The Word is real to me. (laughs) Let's have the musicians come. Oh, the delight of the Lord. The rest of God. God loves it. God loves it when His Word is in place. God loves it when we can worship Him. Oh, praise the Lord. Well I had a good time. I trust you had a good time. God is good. God is good all the time. There's no way you can sit this sitting down. Or sing the sit this sitting down. Sit this singing down. I got it, don't worry. You know what I meant. God is good. Through
2: the valley And there are shadows on all- A song of praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time through the darkest night his light still shines God is good he's so good oh
1: all the time redeemed how I love to proclaim it if you're redeemed, when John saw his name in the book of redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, let me just read this last little part. Revelation chapter 5. Amen. When the Lamb took the book. Yeah. When the Lamb took the book yeah. out of him that sat on the throne. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. When he took that book. And he came and took it out of the throne. Brother Ram said, the most sublime act in the scripture. And he says, and when he took the book, the four beasts, the powers, the four and twenty elders, fell down before the Lamb. Every one of them having what? Harps, golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song. He says, saying, thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals and and, and thou hast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people and nation. This is not a, a to be. This is where we're living. This is the anointing that we're under. God's making this real to us. It's, it's happening. Oh, redeemed how I love to proclaim it.
2: Redeemed how I love to grow uh hey.
1: How could they stand? Because the mercy seat, the ark was right behind them. And they were anointed. And they could sing going down to their death. Knowing that God was going to resurrect them. That's how they could do it. How did Luther stand? How did Luther write some of the songs? Because he was under an anointing. How do we sing what we sing? Because we, too, are under an anointing. We are part of that same living word. Oh, praise the Lord.